This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kura Mawera. Got a Sam, how goes it? It's going very well indeed. How goes it in Fakatani today? Uh, sunshine, blossoms everywhere, birds are singing, children playing in the garden because it's holidays and all is well in the world. That sounds like a good thing to do. How does the garden going? Oh, it's so pretty. I've um, I've got so much stuff planted now, there's no way we can eat it. So it's lots of free food at my house. We'll be right over in a few weeks. <laughs> and who are we introducing today? Today it is my pleasure to introduce Kane Osborne, who is coming to us from Nelson. Um, Kane is with Career Force, and um, it's been my pleasure to work with him over the last few months. And... He's just got a, one of the most positive attitudes out of anyone I've ever known in my life in the face of some pretty extreme adversity <laughs> in his life. So he just seemed a natural person for us to talk to. And, and I'm really excited that we get to have you with us today. Kane, welcome. No, my pleasure. Um, thanks for that introduction, my weather. It's, um, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to be on the show. And a positive person against some pretty positive people that Mawira knows. So well done for that. <laughs> so how has your bubble life been? Well, yeah, my bubble life is, is um, a little bit different than most because I've been uh, working from home in my bubble for around four years now. So, you know, when they started to create all these different bubbles and say, oh, remote workers, I was like, yeah, nothing's new here. Um but yeah, it's um, quite different when you start to work with many different organisations or talk to people that haven't actually been in that bubble. Um, so yeah, mine's fine. So what is it that you do? Uh, I actually work for a um, transition ITO, which is a um, you know, transition industry training organisation that uh, works across the health sector um, and embedding workplace training um, in the sectors of uh, mental health and addiction, aged care, disability, youth work, um, residential community support, um, and a few others, to, uh, social services, to name a few. Um, and what I do is manage a team across the South Island who are also remote workers, and um, they actually work out in the field and, and do a lot of workplace visits uh, around embedding uh, workplace learning for apprentices and trainees. So a transitional ITO, so we're colleagues. Ah, right. Uh, what, where have you come from, Sam? We're at the Polytech. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. yes. It's, a, the, the it's, a, it's a big <laughs> upheaval, which will hopefully come out for something. 
Well, yeah, we hope. We hope. We, you know, we we are the dominant force with 145,000 trainees compared to the the politics of only just over 100,000. So, um, you know, you don't. I don't think he's realised what you're in for um, as you, as you absorb our our training numbers. So you say workplace training in the the health sector. So you're not delivering that. You're what organising it. Yeah, what we do is is we embed a model so that the workplaces can actually do their own training and development um, based on an on-the-job model. So um, if you take a hospital, for instance, they can't, can't just send all their staff to a polytech, to, for instance, and sit in a class um, and backfill all those people. So what we do is, is do the... Um, the learning and assessment models based on the job and what they do in everyday life. So um, through their everyday work, they gain um, an understanding or are already working at the level and um, will complete um, various you know, unit standards or modules um, to tick off to gain a qualification in their field. Are people doing training at the moment is it, is it in the health sector? Is it a, a time for training or are they hunkering down and surviving a pandemic what's how's that working out yeah actually um interesting you know when you consider how the health industry was hugely inundated with massive change due to due to the pandemic of covid um but actually on the on the cold front you know we had some places that that didn't actually keep training they paused but in in much of the march it, it continued on um we haven't seen um the massive fallout that we thought we might with workplaces training. Um, a lot of workplaces couldn't see visitors. So, you know, they had limited time themselves. Some were in lockdown and they got stuck into a lot of their training, which has really been hugely successful for a lot of those people gaining the training in those downtimes, considering when they work, they have a home life, trying to fit education in amongst that. Um, it actually worked out for quite a lot of our learners. Uh, so we didn't see, you know, the, the ramifications in the health industry compared to a lot of others where everything come to a grinding halt. Um, we actually seen a continuation of that uh, training and actually we're seeing um, an upsurge in that currently. And that's that could be uh, from uh, uh, the government spending and around uh, making training free. It's a, it's, it's a big moment of change and I'm working with one of the... Um... A professor in nursing who's been interviewing rural nurses looking at how it's affected rural nursing practice um, yeah. and all of them are reporting that while the the feared you know being inundated in the hospitals never eventuated they still had to prepare for that and so there was yeah. an enormous disruption in terms of how much of change that they were having to do so i wonder if, if are people thinking about their professions in that kind of way and thinking about what it means to to, to do the work they do? Yeah, look, um, we've seen a, a real shift in some of the, um, I guess, organisations approach to training and how that can be done differently. Um, you know, the virtual aspect of holding meetings has, has gone gangbusters, really, for organisations. But down on the cold front, we're, um, we've actually seen people wanting to engage in in um, that virtual world, but we've we've also got to remember that that um, uh, IT literacy is is a roadblock there for some, you know, and and they haven't got the potentially the PC or the laptop or the device um, to connect. They may not have the internet um, at home with enough um, 
speed or, or, or data to actually make those connections. So that's where we've seen um, potential uh, issues and we were lucky enough to actually uh, get some funding from TEC in regards to providing our learners with Chromebooks um, and data packages to actually uh, continue that learning journey. So um, yeah, it's look, it's, it is a change and it will continue to, but I think um, with IT literacy, if there's organisations out there specialised in that, I think they might be run off their feet. Um, yeah. Are people asking for different things? Um, no, I think it will test those organisations that have an e-learning platform around um, how much content is available on them. Um, are the right learning resources available? Um, you know, is is everything there for them to do what they need to do? And, you know, for us, we're constantly evolving and, and developing um, based on our learner demands and needs. So I think, you know, that's uh, only going to increase. I think through the, the video or visual medium platforms will, will actually increase as well because people are visual learners. Um, and, you know, that's going to change uh, a lot of that landscape. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Nothing Else Matters from Metallica. Why this one? Well, it's it's a bit of, you know, don't um, let things get to you. You know, just rock on and have a good time and don't sweat the small stuff.
things going in nelson yeah nelson's great actually it's um we got a little bit of a snowfall in the back hills but other than that um it's typical nelson uh warm you know um we'd like a bit more harsher weather now and then because it changes things up a bit but 
you know, it's beautiful here. I'm I'm very blessed to live in Nelson and and do the job that I do. Um, you know, outside a major centre, actually. Are you in the city itself? No, I'm just I'm in the suburbs. I'm in Stoke, so in between Richmond and Nelson City itself. So, really handy spot. Um, as with Nelson, everything's accessible anyway. So, whether you're going in the water or in the hills, um, it's it's all good. People have talked lots about how their community has well, responded during the pandemic and, and now beyond that. What did you see going on around you during the lockdowns? Yeah, I, during the lockdowns, I think um, what I did notice, you know, my family and I were sitting outside first up and we could hear the birds way more than we could um, previously. There was no planes, there was no traffic. And that just took us back a little bit. And, you know, with, with the young younger kids, they are way more environmentally switched on than we are. And they started to talk about the environmental impacts from the from the pandemic and how good it's going to be. And now, you know, they were seeing stuff on TV like in um, in Rome, you know, in Venice, how people could actually see fish in the streams again. And they go, well, why can't they see them anyway? Um, and it just showed some of the stuff that they were focusing on. But yeah, we started to see the families getting around and out in walks as well. So that was cool. It was it was really. Um, I think, a family well-spent time. It's just kind of a shame that we have that every year in this terms of the, we have holidays, but yep. we seem to spend a lot of more time rushing around and not just not just being. Yeah, yeah I think it's the, the everyday pressures. Like um, we have a massive holiday at the end of the year, you know, six weeks minimum for, for most parents, like kids in school, and you pretty much try and plan for that. Um, you know that's that's a massive chunk to try and plan around while you're working you don't get six weeks off work a year um, unless you're a teacher um you know and you've got to compensate for the other school holidays of the other terms so i think you know sometimes you just stop gapping and um trying to prepare for how much time you might have or not have so your kids are school age yeah i've got a nine-year-old and a and 12 year old so um um uh, lots of fun and, and lots of energy and, and lots of learning going on so yeah so teaching from home during the pan during the lockdowns yeah they actually done really well we're very lucky that um the, the school they were at had had a, a basic um uh, platform that was sort of um took a little bit to get going but it was already there um and they were structured for the first part of the morning you know anything after lunch was gone pretty much so you know you turn that into walks and you know taking the dog we actually got a dog the night before lockdown so um we actually went out to look for it look at it and was handed it and we thought okay we have to take it so um yeah we had it and that was a real good um breaker i think um over that period but yeah so you got out and got exercise and you're close enough to a beach that you yeah. can go for a walk on a beach. Oh, we're close enough to most things in Nelson. It's it's never difficult. Um, you know, parks. Um, you know, easy access to different walkways, and they weren't weren't busy. So we're very lucky within our little, you know, even a kilometre from a house, we've got so much different options. So um, it, you weren't phased about running into people. Um, if you're on your bikes, it was cool. If the kids are on their scooters or you're just walking, it was. Um, yeah, it was it was really a good time to relish that time with the kids and, and my wife. And they all happily went back to school and enjoyed the... Yeah, they couldn't wait. Enjoyed um, the term and now they're on holiday again. <laughs> that's right. They 
I think it was the friend thing, the social aspect, and and that's really important in, in people's lives, you know. And it's it's a little bit um, sometimes things we take for granted that um, that that phenomenon or that connection that we have with people, um, and how they can lift you up um, just from a smile from someone and, and a brief conversation, you know, that it's very hard to do virtually. It's very hard to do on on online. Um, it can cover off for a little bit, but uh it doesn't it's not the same and and i see that ongoing with the team that i manage i see little bits of hangovers from from lack of con connection and um you know getting out there because the guys that i've worked with they were they were people people people's persons you know they wanted to connect they, they're talkers so um, they're always in workplaces trying to you know get some training going so when that lockdown happened that come to a grinding halt and they just had their family um but yeah so a lot of them were itching to get back but your team is distributed so, so you'll be used to dealing with people remotely and holding yeah together. I've, got, I've got a team from Invercargill to Blenheim um and all the major spots so we cover we cover New Zealand but the team that I manage is is right across the South Island so um any area you know West Coast Bluff Kaikoura is all covered um through workplace interactions so um but they all work from home themselves they're fully set up in an office so we were quite lucky as a company that we already had that um down packed and we had a lot of protocols in place and we had a lot of well-being um, initiatives already there um for remote working how do you maintain the the sort of the, the office culture not the, necessarily the office politics but the, the you know that that camaraderie and and so on do you do, you do that yeah. consciously? It, it's it constantly needs work um you know those water cooler moments that you have in an office don't happen when you're remote workers so people go oh you can use hangouts or you can you know use teams which we use um but they they can be draining um so you've got to look at different innovative ways of of getting people to come together we actually had um a friday catch-up drinks you know at the end of the day combining multiple teams so everybody coming one team facilitating going through sets of questions ideas um and everybody joined in so there was that was a good little icebreaker moment um but as you go on you've got to look at okay how do i feel keep filling their bucket up what can i do to make sure that they're engaging because it's very easy to see someone on a camera and they're all up and amped and positive Ten minutes later, I might be on the phone with them saying, hey, you're right, you know, and um, what's going on for you at the moment. So it's it's not just the video, it's the web. You want to connect by the phone, something different. Um, you might want to send them something through the post. So, you know, there's lots of different initiatives like that. We haven't gone that way yet, but, you know, just a little thank you sometimes um, that they, they get from the mail or something different, a bit of funniness, um, you know, a little GIF video that pops up um you know gets people laughing um it is a challenge but it, you know you've got to be innovative you've got to keep it going bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui dunedin's favorite goddess tahu mckenzie i hope you're all having the best day beautiful superstars in your beloved universes and i really hope that wherever you are whatever is happening around you this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding 
very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are a triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here things better so of course as we all know i've been living here in autoport eastern eden for the last oh goodness me since 2004 so that's the last 16 years and i came back here from england having gone over there when i was seven so i've lived here for a long time and i really really love it and it is my home i was born here and i feel a deep sense of connection to it and i just feel that it's paradise i'm so lucky and my beautiful partner harvey penpold moved down here to be with me five years ago and he's now feeling that he wants to go and have some adventures in Wellington where he is from and more study up there and so of course for all of us if we've been in this situation before it is hard because we love and support each other we want what's best for each other but of course when we are doing things differently and spending time apart it's very different from what we're used to and so I think for all of us when we're negotiating these different needs and different homes it's important to always do our best to be loving and kind and empathetic so of course I can see why he would want to have more time in his home connect more with his family and I have that here for me obviously so I can understand that and I really wish him all the best for his creative journey So I will be practicing love at a distance as I am with many people that I love and I of course will be having the opportunity to have more time and space for myself in the Mansion with Poirot and Hastings and all the beautiful hey hey and it's an opportunity for me to re-engage with the other people that I love and focus my time and, and energy on them and on myself. So quite an exciting adventure is beginning. So I hope that for all of you with the shifts that this lockdown time has brought for you and those that you love, things are unfolding in a supportive and manageable way. I think for all of us over lockdown, it was a time of really thinking about what we want, thinking about who we are and what we need. And this has manifested. Now we are free in different ways. And I know for me it was really great opportunity to tune in more with who I am and what I want and that opportunity to nurture my my home was absolutely fantastic. I'm continuing to do that in more and more ways. So part of course of practicing love at a distance is making sure that we're doing things to maintain that love connection by keeping in touch but also by caring for ourselves and making sure that While we are physically apart, we don't allow that physical distance to impinge on our self-care routines and our sense of self. So I'm looking forward to growing that sense of strength and support for myself as I go about my solo adventures. And I will be encouraging Harvey Penfold to do the same. So I hope that for all of you, you're embarking on new positive adventures every day and you're enjoying maintaining and sustaining the love and support that surrounds you. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. We've seen lots of societal changes over the last few months. 
what do you think yeah. is going to stick and what do you hope will stick um look look i hope um you know that we we still innovate around our workforce you know um the impacts are not going to go no. away uh, we will have you know different impacts through the pandemic come and go um i think it's just made sure that um we don't overthink the negatives we don't think that COVID was a negative, we start looking at the positives and learn from those. You know, going digital is one thing, you know, with the virtual space, but it's um, how do we blend that with what we already do? I think we we can't lose that, um, you know, connection with people because you will create quick silos in, in different groups and um, they might not become apparent straight away. They, they might start to you know, be identified as little things happen within those groups. Um, so, yeah, it's not to become siloed in, in our, uh, you know, I guess, way forward um, with what we do by switching to virtual, if that's that's a business approach. Um, but I think it's going to drive a bit more innovation towards how we go about things in the future. We currently are working with um, the, district, uh, the Ministry of Health around unit standards for COVID swabbing. So it's different things that are going to come from that. Maybe that might end up being in the workplace um, where, where there's an initiative where, hey, someone comes in, we can swab in the workplace. And so it's, it's being innovated in a way, but in a safe way and in a cautious way that we're not jumping in. I think one of the things that it's really shown, and it links to that, both of those points, um, is that change is possible, that we can do stuff if we set our yes. minds to it. Very much so. Yeah, and we've seen that, you know, and I think I look at my kids and I see how they they embraced it and, you know, they haven't really got that hangover effect from COVID because their minds are so fresh and, and always changing, whereas, you know, my gener the generation around that I'm with, we actually did have a hangover from it, you know, even this last lockdown. It took a bit to get back into the swing of things. It took a lot to get back into that engagement again, get back into going out and visiting because... You know, some workplaces may not have been so welcoming. There was different measures put in place, so it wasn't consistent. Um, you know, so th that's that's a realistic thing that we've got to be mindful of is that we don't carry those hangovers through um, the positive changes that we are making. Your kids, nine and twelve, are big enough to to know what's going on. Yeah. How are they taking it, and sort of what's the messaging around explaining to them what's happening? Yeah, it's, you know, New Zealand's quietened down in, in our, um, I guess, the media side of COVID. Um, you know, we can look at Australia, even that's sort of quietened down. So I guess it's not in your face as much as it has been. Um, so they're not really talking about it as much. Um, they're aware, um, you know, they see the Tracer app and, and it doesn't phase them. Um, they are a um, tech-savvy generation that those sort of things don't phase in whereas for us it's oh geez have to sign in have to scan what are they getting from me where's the security risk all those things start coming out but um for the kids they they've taken it in their strides and i'm not seeing the ill effects that i've seen of some of the people that i work with in that wanting to re-engage again do you hear them repeating words like the the be kind message is, is that a sort of a is that getting picked up by your, your kids and their friends? 
Yeah, well, that's, look, we, we don't see it because there's some of the values that we really have, you know. Um, you, you know, if you haven't got those values and people take them on, great. Um, but, you know, we already had quite a lot of that instilled. Um, you know, we, we, we had regular dinner meals every night where we have conversations. So it was just reinforced more so, I guess. And, um, you know, some things always need refreshing. So it's always good to keep them on, on their toes. But yeah, we were very lucky in the fact that they, they had some good strong values going in and have come out the other side really well. Yeah, someone has said that it's um, what this has done is really exposed people's values. People are having to rely on that sort of values-based decision-making because you can't go back to having... you. This is, quotes, unprecedented. So yeah, we don't have the rules for it. So you have to go back to those those values. But this isn't a time for having to come up with those values. No, no, it's not. Um, where, where I think um, we will see a shift is is that uh, youth, current youth generation now into the early 20s, um, you know, they'll be impacted by work options. Um, they were already were. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of jobs that are, that are going uh, in our marketplace. And by the time they get into the 30s, you know, a lot of jobs will be changed. So I think um, for them going through this, would we might see impacts down the track um, of those current ones that are in those entry-level jobs market currently um, or just starting to enter the job market. I think um, that's where we might see some of that social change and, and um, difference coming out of the other side of this. It probably won't directly affect the people in health that you're dealing with, but I wonder if we'll be able to see the the thumbprint of this covid on the careers of those young people yeah i i think so i think um it's you know one of the things that we always strengthened and, and tried to focus on when engaging with workplaces is some of the basics you know some of that basic training of hand washing is a unit standard that that we had embedded at level two um and even some of that was haphazard so what it's done in the industry is really honed in on some of the stuff that they should have been doing already um, and being mindful. So I think it's actually changed up the, the focus around, hey, we've really got this stuff. We already know this stuff. We just weren't doing it as efficiently or as effectively as we could have. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of protocols have been developed and changed. And, and I think that comes with training people as well. As you're going through those training, you know, what to be mindful of. Um, it's just like this, the risks of, of security through social media. You know, we've parents we're catching up we're trying to be mindful of all the different apps out there that our kids can be exposed to same in the health industry you know how many times you might wash your hands how many things you're touching before you go there um different ways of of using cleaning apparatus that's that's advancing all the time so i think um it's made us look at what we currently do and and actually you know um bringing that up to a, a new level what lessons do you think we can take from how we've responded to this for the sorts of problems that we're not very good at dealing with, the wicked problems, the, the climate change, social equity, those sorts of things that we know about but don't do anything about? Yeah, well, well I think, like you were saying before, that we can change. Um, we've seen seen the impacts on, on lots of things, as I was saying earlier on, you know, hearing the birds, for one thing. You know, the waste, um, how people can be more effective when they know these rubbish might not be collected. How do we not fill our bins as much as we, we normally do? Um, you know, the waterways and the impacts on the environment, I think, 
uh, we've shown that we can actually do it and the world can do it. Um, it's just that generation coming through and my kids' age are the ones that are probably going to be the, the changes in that a lot more than we are. Um, we will make slight change potentially and, and like to do things um, in a wholesale change, but I think that's coming from the next generation. Because their lived experience is one of we can do it. Yep, exactly. They've seen we can. They are. Um, they have a, a real stronger presence around what they're learning. They're seeing the impacts that we've been contributing to and, and our parents have been contributing to. So I think, you know, they don't want to see that down the track. And, um, you know, if I look at my kids and what they message to me or, and, and what they know and how worldly they are compared to what I was growing up and the information they can see and the, and the impacts on TV with, with climate, um, species, you know, going, then we didn't have that. It wasn't so so much there. Um, movements through through social media um, and other mediums, what they're getting taught in schools is is also an, an environmentally more friendly. So you know, I think it's it's not because that particular generation needs to. It's it's they are living it. They're in it. It's it's amongst them, and this just showed showed them that it can be done. They strike for climate crowd the crowd that's in the year 13 this year and 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 last year they were very passionate are very passionate and and informed but they didn't have that experience of change it's going to be really interesting to see what your 12 year olds cohort comes through with in four or five years time yeah and and look they're at a really uh, vulnerable age of what they absorb um you know, with the right sort of guiding um, messaging out there, um, if we were to take downsize some of the the presence of of what's out there in social media land, then um, and just bring it back to getting out for walks, being active, uh, looking what's around your town, um, then I think you know we've got a shot. Yeah. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have <coughs> wasted years. Iron Maiden. Right. Why this one? Rock on. Yeah, Wasted Years was a big, big time in my my youth. Um, you know, I, I sort of uh, bounced around a bit um, at a certain age and come out the other side all right. And I look back on on those years um, as a real energizer on what I can what I can achieve. So, yeah, it's it's a good song.
it's a good meme that says 2020 was a wasted year. I'm not adding it to my birthday. Gosh, I, I actually know I think it's been a, a year of a lot of things. And, you know, I'm lucky that we've actually gone through it, you know, because we can look back and see, you know, the impacts on different countries and how they might have managed things. And, you know, you've got massive uh, elections happening around the world and, and different protests and uprisings. This has been a full on year. Um, it's not one to take lightly, and I think we'll look back at it um, many times down the track and say, hey, we need to look back at what we did there, or, oh, that started something. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, one to take, I reckon. So I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Well, I guess um, for me the biggest success is, is um, leading a team that, have actually um, evolved in the learning and development space in the health sector. You know, working um, through the changes um, that people go through in a remote working aspect has been um, very humbling for me to see people adapt, change, and and be successful. Um, so yeah, that's for me as a as a manager or a leader, um, seeing your team, you know, succeed and grow and, and develop. Um, in a, an industry which is going to go through a massive change in the next year or two um, and see them have that resilience has been great. Um, the other thing is I've just just managed to complete a, a bachelor's degree in applied management um, through Capable NZ in Otago. So um, I never thought I'd go and get a degree. Um, after my bit of wayward youth, uh, I left school and went fruit picking and hung out at Queenstown. So um I, I bypassed uni and um, then travelled overseas, never thinking I'd go come back and complete a degree. So that's for me, that's uh, a personal achievement that um, if I go back five years, I don't think I would even have considered. Absolutely. Congratulations. Did you, did you enjoy Thanks. it? Yeah, it actually was a real um, good experience in the fact that it forced me to reflect on my whole journey and you know it brought up a lot of emotion um around some things that happened in my life and why did why did that change the path that i was on who came into my life as well and what impact they had um that might have uh you know if it if it, they didn't come into it it might have went down a different track um so yeah it really does get you thinking over your, your life cycle of what you've achieved and not to forget some of those milestones um that you might have just taken for granted because you when you go through this journey of of putting together a portfolio of your learning learning journey it's it's really does challenge you to um reflect back and have a bit of vulnerability amongst it so we're writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team of people doing good work so you're on our team what is the superpower that's got you into our mansion oh um it's <laughs> an interesting question superpower i would have to say um looping um you're gonna have to movie. explain that one so i can um visualize a place i want to be and go through a loop and and turn up there so it's it's um if i want to be on top of mount everest i just have to visualize where that or see have seen it and then i can appear there so um yeah, there's there's a, a show on, on Netflix I've just watched called um, Lock and Key, 
and uh, one of these magical keys in this house unlocks something similar. But there was a movie called Looper with Bruce Willis going back, and um, yeah, that, that was great. That's that's a superpower I'd like to have to be able to visualize but, and just appear there. But you've already kind of got that that ability to to visualize a, a future and to to go out and achieve it because that's what you help people do. Uh, well, it is. Yeah, it's in a way. Yeah, we we do. We we change people's lives and. That's why I'm in the industry because, you know, um, we want to help people become better at what they do in the health sector because eventually I'm going to be, or I've had, but um, everybody has some impact uh, of being cared for um, from someone else in the health industry and we want those people to be trained, we want them to be confident. Um, so that's our little bit of giving back, of helping them get to where they want to be so that the other cycle is if I turn up in the A&E or you know, um, my parents go to a rest home, I know that the service they're going to get, the training that's had is, is going to benefit them. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No, no, not not a, um, not as such, no. No, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm more of a um, uh, sceptic than, than an activist. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? My mountain bike. <laughs> I... Um, Love mountain biking. Um, I, whenever I can, I'm looking for the next trail and uh, downhill, cross country, whatever. As long as I'm out in the bush and going hard, and knowing I'm only a split second away from having a crash. So, what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Yeah, I guess the biggest challenge for me um, professionally is is how I lead uh, a team through change. Um, there's going to be massive change with the review of the vocational education sector. Um, again, you know, on the other side of the election, how fast that picks up, how it changes, um, but what that potentially does impact with the team and, and how I lead them through that, um, you know, so that they've got the best opportunity going forward for whatever happens. It's got a name now, so it's going to be fire ahead. Well, what are they saying? Uh, toy Pukinga. So Career Force is Te Toy Pukinga. So that's going to be interesting. We, we, we just discussed that today on the phone on a meeting. So um, I heard Toy Pukinga mentioned, and I'm thinking, oh, hold on. We are Te Toy Pukinga, which is um, weaving your way to the, the summit of skills, you know, striving to, to reach the summit with all your skills. Um, so I'm not sure what their meaning is around that. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, um, as I said earlier on, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, it's you know, if you can't change, you, you're not going to change most things. If you can impact or input in, in a way that might create change down the track, go for it. But don't overthink things. Don't sit in your bubble. Um, pop it a few times and, and let it take a different shape. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for joining me. Let's go out to Volbeat, the Devil's Bleeding Crown.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and briefly with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani. And in Nelson, we've been joined by Kane Osborne. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.